Hello, Graham Norton here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose for another podcast. Let's get cracking. Hannah Walters joins me to tell us all about the BBC series of Boiling Point. Show chef Martha carries on with the butternut squash theme. It's a theme now. Uh, there's an Arnie-themed word up. Will there be a winner? And Maria McCurlin is here. We'll be putting our heads together to answer your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. We cross to her now. She's here. How I are you? Um, no train rage this morning. Oh, lovely. Flood rage. Oh, your Hastings is Hastings underwater. Hastings in flooded. Well, they did kind of build a shopping centre in a bowl. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. It used to so, be the cricket ground, and all around it were houses so you could watch the cricket together before the times of television, obviously. Yes. Um, and so this is the second time it's flooded this year. So has it mostly just affected the, the commercial yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. In the pri- so, Priory um, shopping centre. Okay, so Priory I mean, Meadows, horrible sorry. for small businesses, but... Uh, oh, yeah. awful, especially if only just dried out. But, you know, it was pretty ferocious yesterday, and the sea was ferocious, etc. And did you cheer yourself up by watching a bit of Strictly? I did, and I thought Angela Scanlon did very, very well. She was a sort of dying swan. Very bendy of the arm. I really like her dancing. Armography, fabulous. <laughs> um, and uh, she has sent us uh, a little update on how she got on, and you can listen to it online. We'll post it later, and I'll do a little video. Because it's too long for us. It's quite <laughs> but you know, because she's triumphant. So yeah, she no, why to, wouldn't she? Yeah. Um, I think you're doing brilliantly, Angela. Keep up the good work. They're a bit harsh on Nigel Harmon, I thought last night. Yeah, well, you know, halfway through, they're getting a bit picky picky on the feet and so on. I think in the danger zone might be Christian Guramurthy and uh, Zara again, I'm afraid. Is was Zara dressed up as a glittery skeleton? Yes. Yes, yes, she's, yes. she's for the job. <laughs> You watched that bit, did yeah. you? Well, no. Also, I think though people are voting for Krishna, so I think he might not be in the bottom two. Okay, then maybe Annabelle Croft. Oh yes. Or who else? Oh, well, you know that Adam Thomas. I think he wasn't. Didn't do, anyway. Who knows? Let's watch it tonight. Yeah, I sort of feel like they've all delighted me enough. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself nodding off. <laughs> Graham. Oh, yes. I have important news. Stop. Yeah. Go. Yeah. You know you've written like 1,900 books. Yeah, a library. Oh, oh there's booing going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, guess what? I have written my own book. <laughs> Is there booing You don't on? have headphones on. No, they're not booing. They're, they're cheering. <laughs> That'd be really mean if they're not played in booze. Well, <laughs> I've written a book. Boo. <laughs> I think that Einar has a very peculiar sense of humour, our sound recordist. He's very quick on the... <laughs> on the buttons. On the little jingles. And what is it? What is it? What is yes, it? Yes, it's a memoir. It's a memoir. It's got photographs in as well. Um, I think you might be in that. Oh, yes. And Am I, I in a photograph? Yeah. Oh. Should I have got your permission? Well, I haven't seen the photographs. Well, it's something from, you know... I think you're naked. I can't remember. Oh, OK. Um, anyway, it's called yeah. Bumps in the Road, and it's sort of my life in bike size chunk, chunks. Do you see? I got Bike-sized bike chunks. Um, because each bicycle representing a sort of area of my life. Uh, and I have to say, I've been very lucky to have a preview. Well, you did very good kind of surprised acting. Yeah. Then, no, just I know. Then. I know, I have had a preview. And, well, no, I didn't know when it was coming out. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and you have, like, there was stuff in it I didn't know. You've had an extraordinary life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the years in the circus, you should talk about those more. <laughs> Yes, but I hurt myself quite badly falling off the tightrope. So that's why yeah. I, it's, it's 
dead to me now. That yeah, and the area. Texas prison years. I mean, again, <laughs> why don't you talk about that? <laughs> um, but that's the 17th of November, and I probably will talk about it. You're writing it down. 17th that's of hilarious. November. 17th Graham of November. Graham is writing this down. 17th of November, bumps in the road out. Um, me, talking about me. Excellent. And no, and it is, it is a really good read. Because oh, it's very it, it's, kind. It's moving, it's funny, it's fascinating, it's interesting, it's insightful, it's, it's great. It's you, it's you, it's a book of you. So people are listening to this <laughs> thinking, I like her, you'll like this book. But, I mean, it's hard writing a book, isn't it? Well, you've done it now. Yeah. yeah, so I don't need to talk about it anymore. No, no, you do need to talk about it because otherwise, otherwise, what was the point? I know, the problem is everybody's got a book out. I mean, you know, obviously your show, you, everybody that was on your show on Friday, book, 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 book. Not yeah. film anymore because obviously SAG AFRA strikes, etc. Yeah. So it's quite a crowded market at the yeah, moment. I can, see why, a, I can see why you wrote a book. I'm a minnow. <laughs> I am a minnow in that small world. What's it called again? Bumps in the Road. Bumps in the Road. Bumps in the Road by Maria McCurlin. November 17th. Yeah. Excellent. No, honestly, it's really good. <laughs> and, 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 and you can buy it wherever you buy a book. Yeah, Amazon and, um, you know, bookshops. And there is a link. I will post it on my Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you get it a bit cheaper, I think, if you go via the publishers. And also there'll be a small a small, small stall uh, in Shard Quarter at the weekends <laughs> where Maria will be out there in a cagoule. <laughs> it's, it's too windy <laughs> to be saying, buy my book, lady. Yeah. yeah. Some Lucky free chocolate. Book. Lucky book. <laughs> Virgin Radio. <laughs> That's a bit strange and scary. No, it was my Formula One uh, putting new tyres on. Ah, yeah. yes, Formula One today. Don't know where it's coming from. And Isn't Tyson Fury won his boxing match last night. Okay. Man on the tube told me that. Yeah. Tube train. South Africa won the rugby. I, I, I cannot believe I'm having a sporting conversation. By one point. Did you watch it? They're the only team to have won it. So I can't remember. Uh, no, of course I didn't watch it. <laughs> You yeah. started to make me scared there by talking about sport because <laughs> you've never done it before. Anyway, let's do what we're here to do, Graham, mm-hmm. and try and mess up somebody's life. OK, here we go. Dear Graham and Maria, I am 37 years old and have been with my partner for almost 12 years. A few years ago, I discovered that he had a, quite a bit of debt, which came as a shock as he's always had a good salary, more than me at this time. I helped him to pay off this debt and he promised to pay me back. Unfortunately, he's been in and out of jobs and I have been left paying the rent, bills, etc. I was hoping to have been in a position to buy my own place by now, but that's not been possible due to this. He now thankfully has a stable job, but he is really only paying just enough to cover his portion of the rent and the bills. We need to have a serious conversation about money as I'm unclear what he spends all his money on and I don't feel comfortable with all the financial responsibility. I know when I ask he will get defensive and probably say he will sort it out and give me more money. He has struggled in the past with mental health and now seems to be in a good place, so I don't want to jeopardise this. He's a very loving partner and, and there are lots of great things about our relationship. I just wonder if this is an issue that will continue to grow and what I can do about it. P.S. I've previously suggested counselling and it was a hard no. And that is from Olivia in Moulton. Oh, Olivia in Moulton. 12 years you've been together and you only just discovered a few years ago that he's in quite a bit of debt. 
I hate to say this, sort of in black and white, Olivia Immelton, but this is what you call the classic codependency here. He doesn't have to take responsibility for the bills and the rent and the etc. because he knows that you will. Um, you have no, when you say we have to have this conversation, you have to have had this conversation years ago. I mean, you know, it just sounds like it's random when he pays for this and when he pays for that. And he's had a good job. And what does he spend all the money on? I don't know. You wanted to buy, I mean, it sort of suggests that you don't live together because you wanted to buy your own place. But that's another story. There's a lot you've left out here, I think. I mean, look, the mental health situation is real, I'm sure. And it's also, I hate to say, convenient because it's kept you from making a scene about all of this. You've got to kind of have this conversation in no uncertain terms sooner rather than later. 12 years and you've only just discovered the debt and then you paid it all off. And this just, this is only going to go one way, I'm afraid, to live your immortal unless you address it now. Yeah, but I think I wouldn't address it in the abstract because then he will get defensive and he'll go, oh, leave me alone, I'm doing the best I can, blah, blah, blah. I think what you do is you come up with something that you're saving for. So... I mean, the obvious thing would be a Olivia's house. Olivia's been saving for a house. Yeah, yeah, no, but you. So you could say a house, but actually that might put him out. That might freak him out. But just say something like a holiday, like a really nice holiday, and say okay, and then that'll help you kind of uncover his finances a bit because you'll be going okay. Well, now I earn this much. Da da da. da I pay this much. Da, da da. So I can probably afford to put this much away for this holiday. You. And he'll have to kind of say something. And then if he's incapable of doing that, if he's not capable of doing that, then, Olivia, you've either got to accept that you live with someone who's sort of financially incontinent or uh, you get out of Dodge. Because he's never going to get better. No, and he's not going to get better because it's been 12 years of this. It's been 12 years... I don't know how you discovered the debt. But when did he accrue the debt? Because the debt might have been pre-25. Like, it might have been student debt. He might have he might have carried off, you know, because, you know, they give students credit cards. And I must say, when I got a credit card, I did not know how it worked. I genuinely thought... I've been back then. I think my, my uh, credit limit was three grand a month or something. But I thought every month you got a new three grand. So I went to Australia and you racked up about. Quite stupid. No, and I, well, no, I thought it was great. I thought I thought that's what credit meant, free money. And uh, so I came back from Australia, and of course it was before mobile phones or emails or anything. So they couldn't contact oh, me. Yeah, they couldn't contact me, and and also card machines because the card machine then was just you know that thing. Yeah, you, you put, put the card it on in, the thing. Boom, boom. So I came back to a lot of letters <laughs> where they were freaking out. And how much debt? Uh, well, three, I was three months, three, uh, nine, nine thousand. Yeah, and who paid that off? Me. No! <laughs> I'm joking! <laughs> no. Um, we're talking about you and we should be talking about I'm Olivia. just saying, yeah, I'm yeah. just explaining student debt is easy to get into. Yes, student debt is indeed. I don't think, I think they're 37 years old. That's a long time ago, the student thing. 37 years old, she's been with him for 12 years. Yes, that's true. He could have been 25. Yeah. Um, but... I did the maths. Yeah, you did. Sorry, I beg your pardon. <laughs> Look, there's, uh, my, there's my working out. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you thought you'd get £3,000 a month on your credit card every month, new. <laughs> for no apparent reason. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Olivia, 
you've got to have this conversation and you've got to stop being afraid of causing a mental health issue. You've got to say, let's make this a much more even situation financially. I can't do it anymore. I don't want to shoulder the responsibility. I do not want to be responsible for you. Can we share it? And there are some some differences in, in couples that you can gloss over. But this is such a huge one. For the rest of your lives, if your attitude to money is this different, it's going to cause problems. So uh, sort it out. Dara Sponsors Part 1. And my favourite responders today will be getting... Listen to this. You're basically getting Waitrose Halloween treats. You'll be ready for them coming to the door. You're getting a Penny Pumpkin and Boo Ghost Lollipops. Yes. You're getting uh, one of those tubs of Waitrose Mini Brownie Bites. And you're getting a tub of Waitrose chocolate mini rolls hello they'll be flocking to your house and they'll discover you in a sugar coma behind the front door because you couldn't wait you couldn't wait for the children Emma in Gloucestershire ultimately I would go about this by saying as the cost of living has risen so much we need to look at our joint household bills I would then say I had plans to buy a home and ask what his savings looked like as if he wanted to do this jointly it should be equitable this should lead neatly into his debt my partner and I have very different approaches to money, and he thought I'd frittered my wages away every month, when in actuality I'd been bargain hunting and had nearly equal savings. Best of luck, Emma in Gloucestershire. All right, Emma, you win. We get it. Yeah, you're very... Uh, Lisa, your instinct to address this is absolutely the right one, and it's encouraging you are getting to that conclusion. I'd say rip the plaster and have the discussion, and if it doesn't go well... Consider, is this relationship really working for you? You can put yourself first. I don't hear in your letter how he respects you, wants the best for you and all of this. I agree with Graham. If you don't face this, this is a lifetime of pain you don't need. The fact he's secretive about money, big red flag that clearly he doesn't want to face. Hence the counselling answer was a flat no. I wish you all the luck in the world. Keep well. Uh, David Cambridgeshire, this isn't about money per se, but a lifetime attitude to money. She has goals, buying a house, which requires planning, discipline and sacrifice. He seems to have the attitude that if he has the money, he'll spend it. If he hasn't, then he'll borrow to spend. I'm not sure they can change their fundamental attitudes to money, so I'd query how they can stay together happily. Also, he is maybe using his mental health as a shield to avoid difficult discussions, giving Olivia nowhere to go. Reconsider the relationship rather than your goals, Olivia. Thank you, David. And Miriam Bristol says he won't change, sadly. So you either put up with being the responsible parent with him as the man-child or find someone who is more of an equal. Uh, I'm going to give the Waitrose Halloween treats, all of them, to... uh, Do we know where Lisa is? Well, we'll try and track down Lisa. Uh, (laughs) We'll try and give it to Lisa. If not, I'll give it to somebody else. Graham's uh, listen, uh, before you get on to the next problem, oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. Julie oh, in yes. Starport on Seven uh-huh. has texted in, going, wow, very sexy trim figure on the cover of Maria's book. <gasps> Looking fabulous, darling, because you are disabillé on well, the cover. Well, it was on a beach in, in Langawi um, in Malaysia. Oh, yes, I've been there. Yeah, and it was on a beach on a bicycle. And it was just a lucky shot. I mean, I'm just a lucky shot. No okay. filters, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, please tell lovely Maria, I, along with many others, I suspect, have just pre-ordered her book, Love, Jane and Lester. Oh, I am so thrilled, Jane and Lester. Oh, it'll be up the Amazon charts like a... Thank you. How much time do you need? I mean, you've been up the charts um, to be on the charts. Well, I'm sure Jane and her friend, I mean, you know, that... <laughs> 
It's just I've, I've got to work out how many books I need to buy it's myself. A very, it's a very long chart. <laughs> What number do you want? I want to be in the top ten, obviously. Uh, um, shall I? Shall I read this letter? Oh yes, please. Or please, talk yes. about myself? Some no, more. here, come on. We, we, we've done. The, you've yeah. done the book. Yeah, we, I, know, so- I know. I know. I know. We've sold them. We've literally sold thank books. Thank you very much, Jane, um, and thank you for the compliment. Julie. Julie. <laughs> oh, sorry, Julie. <laughs> Thank you also to Jane. Yes. <laughs> dear dear yeah. Graham and Maria, I'm due to attend a family wedding abroad that I agreed to and committed to out of a damned if you do, damned if you don't attitude. OK. I will be spending at least a week, oh no, in the company of siblings who have, since losing our parents, shown little or no time for me outside of occasions where it looks better for them to have a family presence. Kids, graduations, in engagements and this wedding etc. This trip is costing me a lot of money and I'm quite stressed about it now since I recently found out that one of my brothers who lives abroad visited the other brother earlier this year who only lives 40 miles away. The time also coincides with when I moved into my first home a few weeks previously, something I was so proud of finally achieving and was offered no help whatsoever or a visit. As I'm booked and committed to this trip now, how do you recommend I survive it? I have no intention of causing any scene, but cannot bear the fakeness of those two, presumably those two brothers. There'll be some extended family, but unfortunately one of them is the groom. And that is from Aoife in Belfast. I think that's how you pronounce it. it. A-O-I-F-E. Aoife. Yes, it is. It is, it is, it is. Um, Aoife... Oh, I didn't realise, I did read this letter earlier, but I didn't realise it was going to be a whole week that you had to be with these people. Normally on a wedding day, you can just about get through. So I would say to you, Aoife, treat this as a holiday because you spend a lot of money and you're quite stressed about it. And wherever it is that you're going to, you can do lots of visits during the day, lots of things, visit all the, you know, tourist attractions, etc. Try and do things that aren't necessarily involved with your family because that will make you crazy. <clears throat> How they're going to keep everybody amused for a week, I don't know in this place, but for the time that you are with them, what you do, Aoife, is you fake it till you make it. You put on that smile and you pretend nothing's wrong and you get along with people and you don't cause a scene and you don't rock the boat and then you, when you leave that place you think, thank goodness that's over. Um, I deserve a big drink. Now, don't drink at the wedding because then it will all go horribly wrong. You're the bigger person here, Aoife. You don't have to get involved. Just show them that you don't need them. I mean, it is hurtful. I understand when somebody's only 40 miles away and they live abroad and you haven't seen them forever and they choose not to come and see you. Get on with your life. Yeah, really. I mean, I think Aoife, the, the important thing is when you say, you know, how do you recommend I survive it? I, su- I su- recommend you don't bring this attitude with you. Leave this attitude at home. It's very hard because clearly this is a tip of a very big iceberg yeah, here. But you've got to go with an open mind and an open heart and just kind of go, you know what? I'm going to some sunny place. Someone who is in love is getting married. I'm. It's going to be nice and there'll be some food. And the thing is, there will be lots of other people there who aren't related to you, Aoife. And you've, this is your opportunity to meet other people. Meet people, have a nice time, arrange to have coffee with them in perhaps one morning after the hotel. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and don't do don't make it all family oriented and your graham is right take that attitude and leave it right at home yeah you you can't because if you go like this it's going to be 
torture and you're going to be this weird kind of black cloud of the wedding and it'll be a self-fulfilling thing then it'll be like well i'm glad i didn't go to see Aoife because wow look how yeah. gloomy and awful she is you know make them sad that they didn't go to see you but, you know go be there be the life and soul yeah, of the party go a ray of sunshine do lots of fake laughing <laughs> <laughs> in front of them so that they think oh my goodness she's having a great time um, yeah. why aren't we in her gang <laughs> lots of that yeah lots of that but particularly when you're by yourself <laughs> just standing by the pool People just taking a wide berth around you. <laughs> and when you jump in the pool as well. Yeah. <laughs> Splash. Underwater. <laughs> Stop it now. It's Sunday. I've gone mad. Uh, Eva, I, look, I just think you can... It is possible to have a nice time at this thing. Um, but you've got to... Wind, you've just got to dial wind it down. No, just wind, so dial, dial it down. It down. Yeah, yeah. Dial it down. And remember all the other people that were at the wedding. You don't want to talk to any of your family, really, by the sounds of it. Smile at them. Be, hey, hello. And then find other people to talk to. And enjoy your holiday. It's costing you a lot of money. It's not going to be a good time if, as Graham says, you take this with you. Leave it at home and take a different sort of Aoife with you. Yeah. A cheery Aoife who is interested and interesting uh, about everything apart from my family. Yes, a very placid, calm Aoife who's going to have a lovely time. Dara Sponsors Part 2. And again, my favourite responders will be getting those Waitrose Halloween treats, the Penny Pumpkin and Boo Ghost Lollipops, Waitrose Mini Brownie Bites and Waitrose Chocolate Mini Rolls. Delish. Thanks. Uh, Helen Breston. Sleep, relax, read. <laughs> Be fabulous at the wedding, ignore the siblings. It really is that simple, isn't it? Just have a nice holiday. And, you know, if if the weather's not nice, just pull your curtains and catch up on movies you haven't seen or read books. My offer of help for the person who's going to the wedding. Get on TripAdvisor and see what you can do in the area and plan your time around the wedding. Also, if you really need someone to chat to, I'm always up for a holiday. Well, Sarah in Sheffield, she's not uh, she's not shy in coming forwards, is she? No. Yeah, I uh, bag-packed at all times. I think Eva needs to take a good book. Always have an excuse on hand to pop back to the room, hotel, and plan to do day trips. You could also get very ill while on holiday, couldn't you? Yeah, very ill from the day you arrive. Uh, Don't focus too much on the family members that you dislike. Instead, use it as an opportunity to make lots of new friends to have a break. Remember, we couldn't leave our houses or meet people just a few years ago. Enjoy it. Michael in Whitechapel, see you. Very positive, very positive. I'll get a cake. Uh, try to stop moaning about your family. They might, li- <laughs> they might like you more and be more supportive of you and enjoy your company more. Try and enjoy yourself. Let the past be in the past. Let it go, says Karen in Hereford. Who's getting the Halloween treats from Waitrose? I'm going to give them to Helen in Preston. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Here comes Hannah Walters. Hello, Hannah Walters. Good morning, Graham. How are we? I'm very well indeed. We're both wearing very snuggly jumpers today, aren't we? Because we looked out the window and realised... <laughs> I've also got some plastic trousers with me. Because, <laughs> waders. Waders, because, oh, it's grim out there. Good luck. You look so put together and lovely. And I Thanks. just, whoever meets you at the other end will be going, yeah, take. A, we should take pictures. Because Definitely. you won't look like this when you get there. That's not going to happen, <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, boiling point, what a huge success. I mean, incredible. Uh, 
before we talk about the television series, let's just go back to the film a bit, because this was your production company that, that made the, the film. Yes, well, it was our production company and um, several other production companies. So there's three of us all together, Ascendant okay. Fox and Made Up Productions, and then Matriarch, which is mine and Stephen's production company. Um, that's We're involved in the film, in the process of the film, and then as a result of the huge success that was the film, we'd never in a million years thought it was going to just take off as it took off. Yeah, I mean, it, it, came, like... it came from a, a very early. How it's worked is it's almost worked in stages of of um, life, if you like. So we've had the baby, the adolescent, and now we've got the adults. Because <laughs> we did a short film first, just to get uh, Phil Baratini, who's the director, an agent, a, a directing agent. Yeah. And then out of that came the film, and then out of the huge success of the film has come the TV series. The BBC were just like, we love this, yeah. we'd like to take it further. And, uh, and Were you guys nervous? Because the, so the, the short film, I believe, that was a one-take thing as well. Yeah. And then the movie is... Because on the face of it, you would think the movie is just an academic exercise. It's just, you know, let's see if we can do this. Yeah. Because it's a, a, an hour and a half and it's one take. A logistical nightmare, yeah. I think you'd like to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but a kind of, I can see why somebody wanted to do it, but you weren't sure why you'd want to watch it. Yeah. Because, because you know, why? but actually it really works. It works. I think it works because I think as human beings, we are naturally nosy, right? And we naturally love to almost feel like it's a voyeuristic experience. Yeah. And I think when you're in the kitchen, it very much feels like you are in that kitchen. Lots of people were saying when, when they'd watched the film that they came away with sweaty palms and with heart palpitations and they needed to lie down. It wasn't a relaxing film yeah. for many. And I think um, because of the one take, I think that lends itself to that feeling it so does yeah. because it because you're you're on edge because you keep waiting for something to go wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah because... well we did and we were on set <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was it was it just too crazy to think of doing the tv show as a series of one takes yeah it just again it's all about logistics and it just wouldn't have made sense because we in the film we were just purely in the kitchen in the TV series, we wanted to explore and go out of the kitchen. Well, if you're going out of the kitchen and you're getting a bus home or in a car, that's 20 minutes of the show, you know? So we we kind of had to look at it realistically and say, no, I think we need to. But we did doff our cap and we did a, uh, um, I think it was 12-minute opening shot, which, which was the one Which is incredible. Shot. Yeah. And, it, uh, you, and you introduce us to all the characters yeah. and it's phenomenal. So tell us about uh, Emily. So Emily is the pastry chef and Emily... Is that person at work, I think everybody in the workplace has that person at work that's the matriarch, that's the kind of the, the paternal, the pastoral element, that person that everybody goes to because they know they're going to get a hug, a cup of tea and a little bit of advice. That's what Emily is, she's the anchor. Is it also who Anna is? Yes. I feel like I feel like on set that would be you anyway. Yeah, it kind of is, yeah. It's not she's not too dissimilar to myself, which was so lovely. So nice to play characters that are very very close to home because you can really put your heart and soul into them. And how much pastry cheffery did you have to do? Um, I'm very, I was very good at blagging it, at, at doing the decoration. That's what I had to do. So I learned how to do I'm going to say it wrong now, aren't I? Quenelles. Oh, you Quenelles, yeah. Rush. Rochelle's, and it's not Rochelle's, is it? 
Rochelle's and Quinnell's. Quinnell's. Have I just made that up? I think you made up Rochelle's. Have I mean, I? there are people called Rochelle. Yeah. Rochelle Humes is now going, oh, great, she made me. <laughs> uh, but um, no, Quinnell's are a thing. We had a team. <laughs> and the team, the team, and we had a we had an expert, um, a chef that was on hand, Ellis Barry, consistently throughout the whole thing. He was invaluable to have on set. But we had a home economics team out the back. So they would bring in the food. We would then pretend to enhance that food. <laughs> but for a lot of that, when we first got there, it was very, very funny because we had to be told, this is not real food. Please don't eat some of this because this has been sitting out the back for three weeks. I think when I interviewed Stephen, your husband, Stephen Graham, he mentioned that you, you didn't get that memo didn't immediately. No, I just got a slap <laughs> of my hand very quickly to remove the pastry I was about to insert into my mouth. <laughs> No, somebody dived at me and whacked my hand out of the way. <laughs> because, and but could you now? I mean, you can make quenelles and you can make these Rochelle's. things called Rochelles, yeah. whatever the hell they are. I've just met, it's my own thing, Graham. I'm a maverick in the kitchen, clearly. <laughs> but can you, can you now actually make things? Are you, has it given you confidence? I'm, I'm always, I'm a, I would like to say I'm a competent chef. Um, I'm not so much a competent baker. I think in lockdown, I baked two loaves and then called myself an active baker. <laughs> Clearly not. I also got some fish and said I was an active fish keeper. That didn't last very long. Stephen has to clean them now. Oh, oh you mean living fish? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I just went through a whole phase of being active at a lot of things for a fortnight and then just ditching it. Um, but, um, you know, I can do the basics. I can do a sponge. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. But anything out of that, then no. I'll... Is Celebrity Bake Off in your future? Or have you done Celebrity Bake Off already? I haven't, no. Well, if anyone's listening... Come oh, on. Yeah, she's in there. Hannah Walters. Step, step forward. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's all, it's all based in East London, but you didn't film it in East London. We didn't. We filmed it in a studio, would you believe, in Manchester. For the film, we did film in a real kitchen in Dalston. Yeah. But um, for the TV series, we did it in a studio and our wonderful set designer, Adam, he created an incredible working kitchen that you uh, had sliding walls so the camera could get in. So you really had that voyeuristic element that we were talking about before. Incredibly talented team that built that. Uh, Richard in Littleborough has been in touch. Uh, loved Boiling Point. Uh, will it be back? It must be back, right? I'd love it to be back. I think the majority of, well... Everybody that I've spoken to and the response that we've got, everybody would like to see it come back. It's got such mileage because we just touched on a few characters yes. this time. You've got a whole kitchen worth of characters. It's character-driven show. People want to learn more about these people. So I would like to think, she says, sitting here with her fingers crossed, yeah. that um, we will be getting another series. Because were you nervous kind of taking it into this new format? Of course, yeah. Because the film is held in such high esteem, it's nerve-wracking to think, um, are we going to take anything away from that? But in fact, we didn't. We just enhanced it even more. And everybody that's watched the film loves the series, if not even more. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. in the film, you've got a glimpse of some of the characters, like Emily's character in the back with Jamie. There's a moment, that tiny moment, when she catches him when he's been yeah, hurting yeah, yeah. himself. And a lot of people responded to that and said, I wanted to know more. Where did that story go? Like Azuka's character, who plays Camille, the French chef, we wanted to know more about her character, where that went. So to be able to then put that into the TV series, people are invested because they wanted to know more about these characters. Yeah. And how odd was it? I mean, I guess, it, you you know, the movie, because it was one take, it wasn't like you were working on it for months. No. So I guess you weren't that tired. But, in, but bringing the new characters into the TV series, was that 
jarring or strange or were you a bit... Oh, it's lovely. It was lovely to be able to do that. The thing is, and this is very much uh, what we're all about, especially Matriarch, well, all three of the production companies that work together on this show, is that we are blessed and feel privileged and happy to be able to showcase new talent. It's very important for us to do that in this industry, to be able to give people a platform. It's such a hard industry to get into. Once you're in you're okay. Yeah. It's the getting into the industry that still people find difficult. So if we, we're we able to facilitate that as producers, how wonderful is that to yeah. do? So that was very important for us, which is why you see a lot of faces. You've got Sean Fagan who plays Bolton, who you think, why have I never seen this actor yeah. before? He's incredible. We've got Missy. They'd never done anything before. Our non-binary character, they had never acted before. It was incredible to give people a platform that had actually, not worked yeah, before. And, and kitchens and restaurants are great. It was They're so easy. Pots, there's no there's no stretch with casting because you've got to think all those people exist in this yeah. world. And was there pressure from the BBC to kind of like, oh, actually, we'd like some names in it, please? Well, they'd had Stephen, obviously. Yeah. We have Vinette. Well, they just about got Stephen. <laughs> Do, do they know? We how just to... wanted to pepper him. Just give him a. He's. A, I feel like he is in it. If you like his seasoning, but that was really he's important the cherry for him. <laughs> that was a. De- that was actually a decision that Stephen took himself and said, I, "I would really like to just take a back seat on this. Have Andy's story as a as a through story yeah, yeah, yeah. that could be taken out individually and you could run that on its own to be able to push all these new characters." So that was really important. And no, we didn't have to fight. Rebecca Ferguson, our wonderful commissioner, was just was, you know, so supportive in, in the decisions that we were making. So yeah. I thank her hugely for that. And what happens with something like this where you've you've ended it, but you're kind of thinking we'd quite like to say, you know, make some more. That amazing set in Manchester, is it under a tarpaulin somewhere? <laughs> We've just wheeled it out into the car park <laughs> and put some tarpaulin over the top of it. Um, it all, unfortunately, sets have to come down. They're going to storage. Oh, so they, they do go yeah, into storage. They yeah, they do go yeah. into storage because you're renting the space, a studio space, yeah. so that has to then become available for yeah. the production. But you have kept it all. It's not just we've in a skip. It's all. not just in no, a skip somewhere. We're not using yeah. it on the you know bonfire night <laughs> to get get the pile a bit yeah. higher. People in Manchester. Why going, is that? Kid, why is yeah. that sink on the top of that? <laughs> yeah. Does that say Point North? <laughs> Uh, it's been such a pleasure to meet you, Hannah Walters. Uh, congratulations on Boiling Point and all the success, actually, of Matriarch Productions because you're, you. you're doing so well. So congratulations on everything. Thank and uh, we look forward to more Boiling Point in our future. Uh, now, get out in that rain. See, oh, see how, see how you fare. <laughs> Don't shut me out, please. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you an old sink you can put over <laughs> your head. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great rest of your Sunday. Bye-bye, Hannah. Word up is on the way, but first, ding, ding. Uh, so, more squash. So, yes, today we have got more squash. I feel like at the moment, this time of year, you literally can't look left or right without coming across more different size pumpkins and squash. It's everywhere in the shops, in people's homes at the moment. So, if you've got a few little squashes knocking around, you're thinking, what am I going to do with these after the 1st of November? This is the right recipe for you. This is a spiced butternut squash loaf cake. Gotcha. So do you use raw butternut squash? So yeah, it is made with raw butternut squash. So it's basically exactly a carrot cake. But Ellie Pear is a bit of a genius here because carrots are so difficult to grate because they're just obviously quite small and narrow and you're trying to grate them on the grater and then they're breaking. But obviously butternut squash, it's a big old hunk, it's a big old cube. So it's much, much easier to grate. So you can use butternut squash, you can use any kind of pumpkin, any kind of eating pumpkin will work really nicely for this recipe. All right, uh, off you go. 
How do we make it? So we're going to start by preheating the oven. You want 180 degrees. Then we're going to line a loaf tin. So I buy these little loaf tin um, parchment liners from Waitrose because you can put them straight in and then you don't need to faff around with your baking parchment. But if you don't have those, you can just cut a little strip of baking parchment and use that to line your tin. Then we are going to take our dry ingredients. So we're taking flour, bicarbonate of soda and spices. So we've got a lovely mix of spices in here. We've got ground cinnamon, ground nutmeg and ground ginger all dried here you just have to pop open your little your little tubs and take a teaspoon of each one and to be honest you can be a bit creative if you don't have any nutmeg or you don't really fancy ginger you can use mixed spice you could use a bit of ground cardamom you can be a little bit you can add in whatever spices you fancy gotcha so once we've got our dry ingredients in the bowl we're going to add to that some soft light brown sugar our grated squash and then we've got some dried apricots and some pieces of walnut and then this is a good little tip you want to make sure that you toss everything together really well to get it coated in the flour and that means that nothing is going to sink to the bottom of your cake. Okay. So we've got our dry ingredients in one bowl and then we're taking a measuring jug or another small bowl and whisking together oil, eggs, some natural yogurt which adds a lovely little tang to the cake and some vanilla until it's nice and smooth. Then you want to combine both of those together put it into your loaf tin, then it bakes for about 50 to 55 minutes or until your little skewer comes out nice and clean. So then once that's baked, you want to cool it completely. And then we are going to make our cream cheese icing, which is just the best part of a kind of carrot vegetable based cake recipe. So we are taking our cream cheese, we're taking some icing sugar, some unsalted butter and some vanilla bean paste. And then we're sticking them all in a food processor. It literally couldn't be easier. And then really important, we're putting the whole thing. So once you've got this lovely smooth, soft icing, put it into the fridge for half an hour because sometimes cream cheese buttercream can kind of go really runny and people are a bit nervous about it but all you really need to do is just keep it nice and chilled so stick it into the fridge then use that to decorate your cake so this is a spiced butternut squash a loaf cake with this gorgeous uh, cream cheese icing if you want that recipe go to waitrose.com slash show chef you'll find it there along with all of Martha's recipes you can see the cake if you uh, check out our socials at Virgin Radio UK uh, Martha thank you very much I have a lovely week and I'll see you next weekend. Ah, oh, thanks very much. Yep, see you next week. Oh yeah. We are playing Word Up, ladies and gentlemen. Your chance to win a Graham Northern Waitrose gift box, including a reusable drinks cup in lovely racing green. Uh, Waitrose Brut Champagne, number one salted caramel truffles, number one aged balsamic vinegar medina. It's a box full of goodies and it's up for grabs. Uh, okay, today's missing word is from Arnold Schwarzenegger. We've got some people on the line to see if they can guess what it is. Uh, first up, I think, is Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Graham. Hi, how are you? I'm really well. How are you? Do you know what? I'm all right. And uh, where are you, Rebecca? Um, I'm actually on my way to Ikea at the moment, but originally from Sevenoaks. I'm intrigued. What are you going for? Um, we, we actually picked up some uh, doors yesterday, which were the wrong size. So we're going to take them back and get the correct size today. Oh, I'm sure there was not, not a crossword in that car. <laughs> well, that would be telling. <laughs> it was somebody's fault. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, hopefully, it's not too hellish in this, in IKEA today. All right, are you feeling are you feeling confident? Uh, quietly confident. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we do have some other callers uh, on the line, but I have a funny feeling we won't get to them. Uh, let's play the clip and see if you know what the missing word. Is. Here comes the clip. I said, if you have. Already all the naysayers out there that says you would never make it into the movies. And now you say, if I don't make it, I have a plan. That means that you are doubting yourself. All right. Rebecca, what yeah. is the missing word? B. Plan B. 
Let's see if you're right. I said, if you have already all the naysayers out there that says you would never make it into the movies. And now you say, if I don't make it, I have a plan B. That means that you're doubting yourself. <laughs> yes, the Waitrose gift box is winging its way to you. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, uh, that's fantastic. Anyone you'd like to say hello to while you're uh, on the radio? Yes, the wonderful man in my life who got the wrong door from Ikea, Mr. <laughs> David Daniels. <laughs> you, you really just rang up to shame him, didn't you? <laughs> you you've no interest in the prize. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, well, listen, uh, thank you very much for playing and uh, congratulations on winning the gift box. And uh, good luck in IKEA, Rebecca. Take care of yourself. Thanks, All Thanks. right, lovely bye-bye. to talk to you. Take care. <laughs> bye. Bye 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 bye. Thanks so much for listening today. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.